All right, here we go. Here's the tease. I have to recognize that there's been massive blind spots um, in, in the way that Jesus wanted to put his church together. Congratulations. Through the powerful providence of a benevolent benefactor, you've stumbled onto this digital booyah base. Hosted by yours truly, hipster grandfather, David A. Holland. Here, we explore the too-good-to-be-true, poorly understood, badly neglected realities of what Jesus actually launched 2,000 years ago. A new covenant, a better covenant, based on better promises. Consider this a red pill for those trapped in the matrix of lifeless religion. So, check your religion at the door, grab a beverage, grab a Bible, gird your loins. This is the new and better podcast. Uh, Dirk Hodges, welcome into the New and Better Podcast. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you, David. Good to be here. As I mentioned, uh, Dirk is a, a good friend, a fellow house church pastor. We'll talk about that a little bit before we're done here. Uh, but there's a, a concept that uh, Dirk and his con- congregation have been exploring and living out for some time that I just find fascinating and exciting, and it's something that I've wanted to incorporate more into the life of the body that I pastor as well. And you've got an interesting name uh, for it, Dirk. You call it, I think, you call it holy eavesdropping. Is that right? Yeah, and I did not, um, that's not my term. That's that's an old term, actually, by uh, a pastor who actually, I just found out, just passed away last year. Oh, wow. Uh, Paul, yeah, Paul Youngie Cho. Um, mm-hmm was wrote a book called uh, Successful Home Cell Groups and he uh, was there's a chapter in there where he talks about evangelism in the cell groups and, and he coined that term where the cell leaders would just encourage their people to uh, holy eavesdrop and and really it has to do with just being attentive and and learning to be attentive I think that that's something that we um, Man, in our busy world, we're just—that's something that that we have to be intentional with, and and so um, we we talk about that because we want to, you know, our people have jobs. I mean, I have a I have a, a kind of a part-time gig too that where, where I get the same opportunity to to do to do that and. Um, I'm sorry. Let me let me just set the stage here because I think at the root of what you're talking about here is essentially what some people would call marketplace ministry or ministry that happens out in the world, not necessarily ministry that happens in church, which is a little bit of a paradigm shift for a lot of people. But a lot of us who grew up in church, our view was that the church service was where ministry happened, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, really. Uh, I think it's fundamental to the way you both you and I are approaching church is that the, the church gathering is where we equip the saints for the work of ministry, to use yes, Paul's sir. term. And, and so the assumption is that we're going to come together in a gathering and get equipped, but the ministry is going to happen out there in the grocery store aisle and at the water cooler and at the uh, uh, in the uh, restaurant booth and wherever we find ourselves in the highways and byways of life that's where ministry is supposed to happen. Is that accurate? Absolutely. I mean, part of where I am right now and where God has me right now is, is really kind of a, a big place of repentance, you know, for me. I, I think it's, I think just the understanding of church um, 
and for the for so many years was was kind of what you were what you mentioned there kind of you know we spend a, we spent a lot of time and money and energy on on the event um and and i'm very you know i'm very grateful for the for, to the people who have you know a lot of them are my family very grateful to for the people who spent time preparing that service and getting that service fine-tuned and um but i think part of that repentance for me is is just understanding that there is it is a paradigm shift it's it's um uh, tim sorens calls it um our sunday is kind of meant to be the huddle where we where, where we call the play and then the actual church happens um in the world during the week so yes um it's a long answer to it's exactly yeah. what's happened and just to, to echo that uh, evangelism evangelism getting lost folks saved born again is certainly a piece of it it's not all of it but again the the paradigm i grew up with is that usually happened in church it was the preacher's job to get people mm -hmm. saved your job as the member was to drag some lost people in there from time to time so that he could mm -hmm. preach to them and get them saved uh and uh that's why every service ends with an invitation you know every head bowed every eyes closed and i'm not knocking that a lot of amazing uh stuff happened in those in those calls for invitation but the the paradigm was was that uh the the people up on the platform are the professional ministers they're the ones trained they're the ones qualified and uh our job is to show up give and occasionally invite someone uh you know to to, to come and and uh, sit in the pews and this is a completely different paradigm from that and of course evangelism ministry of, of, of evangelism in the grocery store aisle and grocery store checkout line or over the coffee uh, uh, table at the at the coffee shop all of that is a piece of it but it's broader than that so I'm sorry I keep hijacking you but uh, so now let's apply to that um, understanding what this holy eavesdropping thing what does that look like and how does that work yeah so and I, I encourage folks, our folks, to just, again, there's this attentiveness practice that I think that it's a spiritual practice, just like prayer or anything like that. Just learning to be attentive. The same thing we do when we walk outside and we're attentive to the birds. You know, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful sound in the morning. And so when we're, you know, when we're sitting, working on something at our desk at work or, or whatever, um, I just think God gives us um, attentive ears, if we will let him do that, to the hurts and the brokenness of the world. I mean, um, another pastor that I like to listen to is, uh, talks a lot about just how we are part of the mending of a broken world. And so the, the world is very broken around us. And, and um, so I, I, we, we take time in our gathering on Sunday mornings to say, let's just talk about this. Let's talk about what's going on in the outside world. You know, tell us, you know, let's encourage each other um, about, you know, what are some of the things that you're hearing? And, you know, it's okay to just say, hey, can I pray for you? I mean, I think one of the things that we still have is, as capital in the church is the power of prayer. And, um, and so we... Um, and so we we want to be able to, you know, go ahead and say, God, you know, do your stuff. Um, it's a big thing that we want to do. 
Um, and we talk about that. I think it's, that's part of the equipping process is to listen to the stories um, during, during our Sunday morning time. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture. Absolutely. And, and uh, as you say, God can, can, and can do what he wants, does do what he wants. And yet it seems he's chosen a, uh, a, a way of, of, uh, of operating and, and, and getting his plans and purposes done in the earth to, to want to partner with us. Mm-hmm. to give us the opportunity and the privilege to partner with him in accomplishing his redemptive plans mm-hmm. and purposes in the earth. And for, for reasons that are somewhat mystifying, he's chosen to need us. He's chosen to, to want to work with us. And so I think what you're describing in terms of just of being attentive is very similar to, to, to something I talk about with our folks about activating your radar. You know, a, a, a military ship or an airplane can have their radar off and it's not looking, it's not scanning. So it's essentially blind to whatever it's uh, flying into. But you activate that radar and it could be a storm for that matter. But when you activate your rate, your spiritual radar out there in the in the marketplace, you're uh, being intentional about seeing people, you know, and not only not only seeing them, but being um, intentional about seeing if there are some opportunities to be redemptive How, and, and whatever that whatever that looks like. But I think most of us, I know it's certainly true for me, my wife marvels at my ability to tune everything out and be focused, right? You know, she'll be she'll be saying something, honey, honey. Are you hearing me? Are you listening to me? And I will just be completely focused. And she's been talking, saying something to me. And I've just, and I think we men are, are uh, more prone to that than, than the ladies are. But um, we can go through our days like that. And it's where it's the spirit of God speaking to us. And we don't have our radar activated. And we don't hear, you know, somebody might say, you describe what you're describing to them. Well, God never speaks to me that way. I never, uh, I talk about nudges. I get nudges from the Holy Spirit. Here's a little elbow, a little nudge. That guy over there, he's hurting. Uh, this, uh, that lady over there, she's in fear. Or just this, this person needs some encouragement. They need some good news. They just need to know God sees them and he cares mm-hmm. about them. And those nudges happen, but I'm oblivious to them. If I haven't been intentional in, in about before I walk out the door, to say, okay, Father, I would love to partner with you today in being redemptive. And so I am now activating, intentionally activating my radar to be sensitive to those nudges so that I can see the objects, uh, the human objects around me. Is that, is that similar to what you're describing? Absolutely. Um, and again, I think another shift for me, I mean, is really understanding that this ministry, this this life that we live outside the, the, the two hour gathering on Sunday morning is just it's des- it's designed to to wholly eavesdrop, not just with the lost, but with the church, because there's man, there's so much brokenness in the church. And it's just so, we, you know, we ask the question, are, so are we is our main ministry the lost or main ministry? you know, the believers. And it's like, you know, the answer's, you know, absolutely both and. And and so it's also just as, just a beautiful picture to be attentive to the brokenness that um, that someone has as a believer. And so that we're just, it's about people. 
and it's about and, and then it's not just about people that we who we um, don't know lost or saved. It's about it's about the, our lives with the people in our local body. That's again, I mean, God hasn't called us just to be to live our life. And this is what my wife says to live our life all out there and during the week and then come talk about it for two hours with each other. You know, I mean, I think it's the same thing. It's like, my goodness, we, we have to be attentive. We have to be, there needs to be an attentiveness to each other as we go throughout the week, checking on each other. You know, I just had a, had a conversation with one of the guys in our church. Technology is amazing, you know, if we use it in the right way. And so how about just checking on each other and, and being attentive to, we, we love this phrase, doing life together. But man, are we really doing that? I mean, if we're just meeting on Sundays and then not really being together and, you know, having those friendships throughout the week. I mean, I mean, that's that's the way Jesus lived. I mean, he grabbed 12 guys and they said, OK, let's just hang out together 24 hours a day. And we that's pretty much impossible to do in our world. But we got to get a little closer than what we are doing right now. No know. doubt. No doubt. And and you well know, uh, our viewers and listeners may not know, but that's, you know, you, you've basically put your finger on one of my particular passions and hot buttons. I've got this whole, uh, this whole rant. I'm ready to, uh, ready to launch at any time about the power of ecclesia mm-hmm. versus the synagogue or, uh, model of, of church. I really have no interest in throwing rocks at what anybody's uh, doing or making a case for that anybody's doing it wrong. But what I am passionate about, and the reason we started the Cup and Table Company, was to create a space in which every person had were encouraged to bring their gift, and there was space for them to express their gift. Because the New Testament's pretty clear about the, to every single believer has been distributed a manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good, for the building up and the strengthening of all. And yet, in many scenarios, there's no place for expression of that of that gifting. And I know a lot of large churches, they emphasize small groups, and I get that for lots of reasons, for lots of really good and sound reasons. But often, even in those small group settings, it's not that responsibility from one another in, not only in the gathering, but as you say, through the week, uh, where we're we're responsible for one another. We're we're family. It's it's not the pastor's job uh, role uh, necessarily to be the only one who's looking out after everybody. You know the the ecclesia model is that we all look out after each other. That we've all uh, basically are prepared to use however we're gifted, whatever the treasure in earthen vessel in in that our particular earthen vessel is to encourage and strengthen and and build up and heal and uh and so often as you say the model is just okay whatever's going to happen is going to happen in that two-hour window through the week and then we go back to being our other self you know we go back to we've got these compartmentalized lives for our church spiritual life and uh, which involves our our gathering and then whatever quiet time or whatever we have devotional time we have privately that's our spiritual world and then there's our secular world that we spend all the rest of our time in and that's just a false it's a false dichotomy it's a false dilemma that's with me too david i mean i my plan is not to say okay and i think this is this is tempting but it, it is not 
it's not me saying, okay, I've got this, this new paradigm. All you other guys are, you know, yeah, you're doing it wrong. You know, I just really missing it. And so for me, it's, that's why, that's why I think it's just, I just look at my ministry over the last, you know, at least this place, 17 years and pushing on it, pushing 18 now. And, and it's, it's a, it's been a, it's been a, a place of learning and, um, and so where I am right now is that I have to recognize that there's been massive blind spots um, in in the way that Jesus wanted to put his church together. And um, and so and I think it's OK. I think it's good for me. I don't know about anybody else, but it's really been good for me to repent of that, to just say this is um, this is just a different a different thing. And. And I think, you know, what I think is going to happen is that I think this is really where um, a, a discipleship model, because we're, we spend time in discipleship throughout the week. Um, really, a discipleship model, which is what Jesus did, is, man, is really what's going to put quality um, power in the world, you know, in, in its people. We're, you know, we're going, we're kind of going through Daniel. In, on Sunday mornings for us, we're kind of walking through that, and it's definitely a walk. And and so there's a you know these guys are exiles. They Daniel and Shadrach and Abednego or Meshach and Abednego they were you know they're they're picked up out of their homeland and placed in a in a place that wasn't their own. And and now um, you know Christians like you and me are looking around and goes you know we're not in Kansas anymore. And there's just things around us that that we would just say this is looking more and more like like Babylon and and even and in and even inside the church and I'm going like God what what are you doing you know for my little corner of the the swimming pool that I'm a lifeguard of you know um, I, that's my my responsibility to uh, um, to watch that part of the swimming pool and so Daniel you know Daniel gets this this vision and in, in Daniel chapter two, and it's this picture of all these nations that are pagan, and and then out of left field comes this stone that just destroys this giant, and um, like another dude that took a stone and destroyed a giant, and 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 down came all these kingdoms, and and all those kingdoms they they fell militarily. But then we jump over to Daniel 7, and he's got this picture of, of the same thing coming from, from Daniel's own dream, not Nebuchadnezzar's dream, but Daniel's own dream, of the Ancient of Days, who, who just says, okay, son of man, you, you're that rock, and you're going to have this authority. And, and then we jump right into Matthew 28, where it says, how, how are we going to do that from here on out? And it's not... It's not military. We're not going to take the Medes and the Persians out. We're not going to take the Romans. We're not going to take the Greeks out. By military, we're going to do this one disciple at a time, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, I think it's just a beautiful picture of where the power is going to come from. And it's and, um, and through the working of his spirit, there's going to be there's going to be me spending time with three or four guys, another, you know, uh, you know, somebody, some ladies over here just really saying, okay, this is what's going to build character in us. This is what's going to, you know, just give us passionate, passionate, um, 
just a passionate walk with Jesus. I mean, and as we talk about these things in a discipleship model, this is what's going to bring down the kingdoms of, of this earth, yeah. you know? And, yes. and um, so that's a, it's a little bit longer explanation no. of, of, of the power. I think it's happening through these, this, this, I guess we call it model. It, that ties right into Jesus's proclamation that yeah. upon this rock, his church, the gathering of, of saints, uh, he will build his ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All right, I wanna pick something up with you here in just a minute, ask you about the role of the Holy Spirit in this holy listening thing. But first, page two. Hey, I just wanted to make you aware of a few of the other places where you can find my content online. One is my YouTube channel, where you'll find not only the video version of uh, this podcast, but other short form content as well. And if you prefer the written word, as I do, you'll want to check out my blog over at davidaholland.com. That's davidaholland.com. I've been writing at that site since 2007. That's right. You'll find 15 years worth of gold over there. So check it out. And while you're there, leave an email address if you want to, so I can alert you when I have new stuff coming out. All right, guys, you've been hearing me talk for some time about my latest book, Praying Grace for Women. It's out there in the wild, uh, doing good things uh, for those who grab a copy and read it. And so let me just encourage you to grab it if you haven't. And if you have, would you be so kind, as to, if, especially wherever you bought it, if you bought it at Amazon, go there. If you bought it at christianbook.com, it's available wherever awesome books are sold. Uh, but if you wouldn't be so kind as to go and leave a review, of it, especially if it blessed you. If it didn't, then just you know keep your opinion to yourself. But uh, otherwise, uh, run over and uh, and review it. That would be super, super helpful if you found it. Uh, if you found it a blessing. And by the way, uh, the man's counterpart, praying grace for men, will be launching and be out this fall. So stay tuned for news about that. Now, back to my conversation with pastor and teacher Dirk Hodges. So uh, speaking with Pastor Dirk Hodges here, a good friend of mine, and we're talking about holy eavesdropping. And, you know, it's one thing to activate your radar naturally in my language or, or uh, you know, in your, uh, in your vocabulary, just being attentive and, and being intentional about seeing the people around us and their potential needs. But it would be possible to do that, I would think, to a certain extent in your own natural ability. You know, use your own natural attention, your own natural, if, if you've got a verbal gift, if you've got a, if you've got an outgoing personality or whatever it is that's sort of natural to you, you could do some of that to a certain extent. But I think what you're talking about is something more than that. I think it's something that's dependent upon and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? Absolutely. And I think that, and I think you're right though too, David, what you said earlier is that it's, it's a beautiful picture of God inviting us into the plan. Um, you know, and that's what this, that's what we, that's what's going on here. That's, that's this, um, there are being attentive. It's him inviting us in as he draws somebody to us. And, um, and we get it, we get the opportunity to, to pray. We get the opportunity to just, I mean, just be a friend. I mean, this is not, I mean, there's, again, this, I mean, I, I know that God does this too, but friendship with the world is something we got to get back into. 
you know, um, and I think that there is a, I think for us, I think that that attentiveness, um, we are recognizing that the Holy Spirit is, is marinating a heart. You know, he is, he's softening a heart for that conversation. And, you know, we, we just have so, we have very, we have such a small part of, of that process, but it is, it's an honor for our dad to, to take us as kids to his workplace and, um, and clomp around in his, in his big shoes and, and, um, and enjoy just being a part of that, um, of the family business. That's so good. No doubt. And, and, and in my view, what we're talking about here is allowing the Holy Spirit to add the supernatural to our natural. We've got this natural availability, but as you say, there are the 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 real eternal, the work of eternal value only He can do. Uh, it, we we might pr- provide some a voice to what He wants to say, uh, but at the same time, often if you're just determined to see opportunities for ministry, you are absolutely completely limited by your own natural senses. You know, by what you can see, what you can hear, what you can perceive, and your natural senses will will tell you some things, but sometimes they'll mislead you. But there's this, you know, there's the there are these lifts of uh, lists of the gifts of the Spirit in places like First Corinthians chapter twelve and in Galatians and Ephesians that in which those gifts are deposited within believers for a reason. It talks about prophecy and word of wisdom and word of knowledge and faith and all of these other amazing gifts are are their primary purpose is for ministry to members of, of the body and and to bring the the kingdom of God to people who who haven't experienced it who it hasn't it hasn't touched them he is just always I mean Henry Blackaby said many years ago he's just always working and he's calling us to join us He's calling us to join him in his work, and yes. um, make and making the assumption that just because we're too busy to listen doesn't mean that he's not he's not continually working, and um, and so and I just want to be a, I just want to be a part of that still, and I want our you know, and I think that's what I want our people to do, and you know, with a with a small body that's just all based on you know. Nothing is just come and download information and go home and never see us never see till next Sunday. Instead, let's it's 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 just a beautiful picture of encouraging each other to to be attentive to um, to speak prophetically. Now, again, our language is a little different out there in the world than sure. it is you know in here. I think a little bit, but yeah, you know, is the Lord still doing that? I, I I am always mindful of of avoiding the religious churchy language or trying to or, or just seeming weird or odd but I've learned in numerous occasions when I feel like there's some encouragement or some redemptive something that Lord, the Lord wants to speak to someone and I've learned when I, I, I sense that often I'll say hi now this may seem really weird to you and you don't know me but if God was real and he, he spoke to me from time to time and he wanted to tell you something would you want to know what it is would you want to hear it well, 99 times or 999 times out of a thousand, the person the person will say, "Oh, yeah, absolutely." Uh, and so at that point, uh, you know, you're not talking about I've got a prophetic word for you or thus saith the Lord. You're just saying, you know, 
God speaks to me from time to time, and I think he wants to tell you something. If I'm right, would you want to hear it? Well, you know, that is a, that is a that's just an invitation uh, to minister. But the thing that I'm always mindful of is, and I'm going, it's going back to that, what my natural senses can perceive versus what the spirit who sees everything that can't be seen is, is that uh, of, I think of Paul's declaration that he's determined to know no man according to the flesh. And there's a mountain of wisdom in that because often when I'm walking around in the marketplace, there, there can be a guy who looks like he's doing well and has it all together who's com- contemplating suicide or is just absolute in despair. But if I just use what I perceive, the way he looks, oh, he's well-dressed, uh, he seems like he's doing okay, he seems confident, Without, I would never know that he is at a, at a critical moment of despair if I'm just using my own perception. Mm-hmm. To, uh, but the, often the, the Holy Spirit will, will nudge. Not too long ago, because we're, as we all know right now, we're in an environment of rising prices, rising gas prices, rising grocery, which is really being tough on the working poor in particular, but it's tough on a lot of people. Uh, and uh, so recently, we took some church funds. We all agreed uh, that we wanted to do this, and we took and we gave $100 to every uh, a, a person in our body over uh, the age of 18, 18 or over. With these instructions, this hundred dollars—it's two fifty-dollar bills. Activate your radar for people as you go through the week over the next week or two, and ask the Lord to show you somebody who needs an expression of His love, who needs this money, and needs a demonstration of God's care and and love for them. And uh, and so we all had just—we just had a ball doing that. That, that what that hundred dollars did was actually just provided a tangible oh yeah I keep seeing I keep seeing those two fifty dollar bills every time I open my wallet it's a constant reminder for that radar activation and of course then the stories that came back in were just we just all wept together you know to hear to, to hear those stories and my you know what I experienced when I when I was given the opportunity where the Lord said yes that one right there we'd actually gone to visit uh, a church where my daughter, my youngest daughter's on staff at a church over in East Dallas. And uh, we'd gone there and then at the, at the service, the first service was dismissing, the second service was coming. And I really had felt like a, one of those nudges as we'd gotten to the service that, that morning, you're going to see your target. Your target is, is gonna come into your field of view today. So I was, had heightened attentiveness and awareness and the service was over and everybody was leaving and the next uh, crowd was coming in and all of a sudden a young uh, African-American woman carrying a baby uh, came walking in and I just got that Holy Spirit ding 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 there's your target that's her as I was approaching her trying to figure out what I was going to say her husband joined her a young handsome handsome young man and they're standing there together and I basically walked up to both of them and did what I mentioned a minute ago, saying, okay, you don't know me, and this may seem a little odd to you, but uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning and told me, uh, I was a little freer to use churchy language because I was in church. These people were churchgoers. <laughs> uh, spoke to me that I was going to, uh, there was somebody he wanted to bless today. And uh, he gave me some specific things to say to them about a, a, a situation. But most of all, he wa- wanted me to give you this and deliver the message that he loves you. He sees you. He's at work right now in your future. 
to do you good and that you're on the right track. And both of them just burst into tears, you know, just started just sobbing. And uh, they said, you just have no idea how much this, this means to us. And, and the husband said, wait, I, I, I don't even know who you are. What is your name? And I said, well, who I am doesn't really matter. My name's David. But who I am doesn't really matter. What matters is that God wanted to say something to you, and I made myself available to be the messenger. And golly, that was fun. It was really, really fun, but I don't know that I would have chosen them if I had used my natural senses rather than my being uh, attuned to that nudge. It's the invitation, you know, it's the invitation for God, for the Holy Spirit to to, to do that. And, and again, we don't automatically, um, we're not automatically looking and listening for that. And so attentiveness is a practice, David. I mean, it's a... It's something that's not automatic to us. It's not something that in a, it's not the, it's not the part of our brain that we, when we come around the corner and see a big snake, we automatically run. We just don't do that. And so, but it can be automatic with practice. Sure. I mean, it, 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 it comes a regular practice. And so. Well, it's so fun. Uh, it's kind, it can be kind of habit forming. Once you experience, yeah. you know, the joy that comes from being used that way, you kind of think, oh yeah, that's good. I'll give me some more of that. You know, and you know, one more example of, I mean, it's, it's happened, you know, and in, in, I mean, I, I could just, I, I can just look, I'm here in the, in the same place we have our, our gathering and, and I can just look around and think, okay, that person, that happened. And it was just some really beautiful pictures. One particular fellow was, um, it was less about, you know, this power moment and more about this guy being attentive to friendship with the world. And just because he, and he knows he's got time. He's, he's, he's with these people more than he's with us. And so, um, and so this, this listening, um, and then engaging that in this conversation is a, um, is kind of the other side of this coin. Um, you know, being attentive to moments, power moments when the Holy Spirit does stuff and then being attentive to a, to a friendship. And that's just as vital, you know, for our, it just, it's, and it's like, it's just different. The um, um, it's the short game and the long game in, in golf, you know. And I, again, I don't I don't know if you use that phrase. I, I picked that up somewhere. So no, that's not mine. Years or... I like it. I like it though. As a golfer, <laughs> it attracts for me. Yeah, and so you know, I've got these guys over here sitting on this side who are pretty good at the short game, you know, and and can can do that. And then we've got guys that are pretty good and girls, ladies that are who are really amazing at at that long, that long-term friendship and people are, are, are being attentive. And, and, um, and I'm grateful for, man, just that invitation for the father to invite me into his, his family plan. So fun. So fun. Let's just, before we uh, completely run out of time here, uh, I kind of mentioned early on uh, that you're a house church pastor, but that was not always the case. And you've, you all, you've also referred to the fact that God's been kind of in a tear down and rebuild uh, a little bit with your approach to church, but you were basically a pastor and had been for years of a brick and mortar church that uh, pretty good size, had a nice piece of land. Uh, and then you've recently basically, to use the current term of the moment, is deconstructed that a little bit at God's leading and moved that more toward a, a house church manifestation of what you guys do. Can you just kind of give me the short talk through of that journey that you've been on? Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't say pretty good size. I would, you know, we 
we've been different sizes through the, through the years and bigger than we are now. Definitely. I think the last, I think COVID um, just taught us a lot. Like it teaches it, like it's taught us taught a lot of folks about the, um, the essentialness of the church. I think for me, I, I, I just really, it just wasn't, um, well, hey, I don't think it was working. You know, I, I just don't think it was working. And so we, we sold, we sold our, our building and moved into our church, into our house here. So we, in doing that, we're in the process of totally changing our terminology, just naming. I think it's important to name things what they are. So we are just trying to say we don't go to church anymore. You know, we, we got to be careful about, I mean, you go to an event and you go to a concert, you go to a football game and you go to the supermarket. But, you know, we're going to refrain from going and we're just going to start being the church. I think one of the big things, too, David, is that we have. We've changed the in some ways, changed the way we've read scripture. You know, the scripture was written with an Eastern mindset, which was very collective and very community based and when we learned you know i probably and i probably taught this you know when you wake up you put on the full armor of god you wake up personally and just you know put on your shoes and put on your you know your belt and and all that good stuff and and really i'm i think paul would look at us cross-eyed if we if we tried to do that i think his point is it's in the context of an army it's in the context of of, of a collective and so, so much of what what we've what we're trying to do. I mean, I mean, there's just there's so much, but um, is just we are so much got to do this together. We just get, even we've been trying to change some of the songs we we sing from the eyes to the you know into wees. And I think the focus has become way too much. I mean, uh, for me, what I what I used to teach, I think, was what can I do to help these self help people? You know, it became a self help sermon and. And so for me, I think what we want to do is we want to come together and just say, this is what we can do together as we as we are recognizing that we are the people that God has called together. We are each other's people, friends. And and, you know, and and I think and I hope that this, you know, I think hopefully that this is going to be a, a, a big difference when it comes to even how we deal with conflict with each other. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to argue and we're going to like not like something that somebody says. But at the end of the day, we're still friends and we're still together and we're still moving forward in the kingdom of God. Love it. And so that that's a big part of it for us. So good. So good. Yeah, this COVID thing has been clarifying and it, and it is one of those sea change moments. I, I keep finding myself as I describe an event in my past, I say, now this was pre-COVID. You know, it's become this big line in the calendar that where there was things that were a certain way before and now everything is different. And that's certainly been the case where church is concerned. I, my day job has me involved with a lot of ministries and, and, and churches across the country. And very, very few of them are at the attendance level that they were pre-COVID. Uh, and... Uh, you know they're having fewer services and needing fewer services if they were a multi-service kind of a church because here's the thing and it goes back to what i was saying earlier again not wanting to to sound critical but if we cultivated a, a paradigm of church in which there were the professional ministers and then our job is to show up maybe serve give and uh, maybe invite someone and that was our role what that tended to do dirk was turn most people into spectators and consumers of church 
ministry. And so as once we started becoming consumers, then we would go find the best. It's like finding, you know, you have your favorite restaurant. You'd go to, you'd go and start attending a church, just like you would frequent your favorite restaurant because what they were serving is what you liked uh, and you're a consumer. Well, then COVID happens and everything gets locked down. And if, if, if people's primary view of church was, I go to hear really good worship, a good worship show, and I go to hear a good motivational teaching, inspiring teaching show, well, all of a sudden, everybody was doing that from their sofa in their pajamas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, if that is your paradigm of what church is, that you go to church, well, you now all of you just you've discovered we have millions of American believers who've discovered. You know what? I kind of like you know I can find really good worship shows on my mm-hmm. sofa in my pajamas. I can find really good preaching shows uh, in in the same. And so why do I need to get out of the house and wrangle all these kids and get in, you know, get into a gathering on a Sunday morning? And I think that's, that has created, uh, it's just, it's been clarifying. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that, uh, we're in the middle, you and I, I think are part of a broader reformation, maybe, uh, Mm -hmm. that's a bold word to use of, of, of everywhere I go. Every time uh, I have mentioned that I'm a house church pastor, and I don't think house church is the only way to do it by any means, but I everywhere I go, I hear people say, oh my goodness, uh, I'm so interested in that. Tell me more about that. And I hear pastors. Everywhere I go, I've got pastors asking me about it as well, because I think the Spirit of the Lord is saying something to us right now that that old model is not exactly the full expression of what the culture needs in this, in this hour. Really, again, the place of repentance is, is I've just been, you know, I'm in competition for the, the church down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, mm-hmm. you know, but biblically, these are my brothers. I don't want to be, I, mean, I, I love being in America and being in a competitive society business wise, mm-hmm. you know, but man, the church was never supposed to be that way. No, no. You know? And and so so I get the opportunity to to work on this stuff together. I think the church is in. I think we're primed to be in a great place to really do what that Davidic king did with to Goliath, and what that Davidic king is doing to the kingdoms of, of Satan right now. Yes. And so I'm grateful to be a part of that. I think it's going to be a great. I think it's going to be could be a great season for the church. I think it, I think COVID. I mean, as sad as it was for the loss of life, it could be a, I like your word, clarification. Yeah, 100%. Of, um, the call of God. Love it. So let me ask you to do something. Folks have been watching or listening, hearing this discussion about being more attentive, activating the radar, holy eavesdropping, however you want to frame it, uh, but just being more available to partner with God to uh, to advance his redemptive plans and desires in people's lives has sparked something inside of them. It rang a bell inside of them. Uh, and they want, uh, they, they just, something came alive in this and said, yeah, that's, that's right. I, and I want to do that. I want to be more about that. Uh, would you mind just praying for that, those, those folks right now as we close? Yeah, let's do that. Well, Father, there is just, um, man, it is just so grateful that, that you I think you're restoring purpose back to the church. That's what's 
restoring passion into the souls of your church is is purpose. And and sometimes um, just walking around without purpose, we we find ourselves um, we just confess we find ourselves not really sure what to do and not sure what we can do. But Lord, you're restoring that by um, by the by a fresh move of, of your Holy Spirit. And, and Lord, I pray for all of us. I pray for David and I, and I pray for anybody who's listening right now and uh, folks in his gathering, in our gathering, and just folks who would just say, man, God, you're, you're re-upping this thing. You're taking us to, this, to a, new, a new place. And, and so I ask, Father, that, um, that you would continue the work that you have begun in us. And, and this is, it's okay for us. It's okay for me to be 58 years old. And, and it's okay for a lot of us to be older and just say, okay, there's some new stuff. And we can, and 58 year olds can have passion again. And so while I, pr- I thank you for that, I, I pray that you'd restore our passion for um, the, the practices of attentiveness, the practices of, um, of prayer, the, the practice of just being, um, of just being your people. And so Father, I want to, I, I want to pray, I guess I just don't want to pray for individuals. I pray for us as a body, um, big C, um, the, the whole body of Christ. Lord, I, I'm, I got a feeling that what we're in need of is not an individual fresh move, but a collective fresh move. And so, Lord, we receive um, that fresh baptism, that fresh baptism that's not something for me to get the Holy Goosebumps, but it's something for us to be empowered. And so we, we celebrate the us-ness, the we-ness of, of um, what your spirit is doing. And so I recognize that. We continue to, I continue to just um, be at a place of repentance so that you can um, continue to work. And Father, we thank you um, for your wonderful, wonderful grace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, your grace is amazing, and Father, as men and women who who find ourselves find ourselves still imperfect, um, as a collective body, we get to move out in your grace, and we're so we're so grateful for that. As always, we thank you for that grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Dirk. Thanks for the time. Um, I suspect that uh, my hope is that this isn't our last conversation in this context, that we'll have additional conversations about these kinds of things as the, uh, in the days ahead. I really, really appreciate the time, my friend. Okay. Let's wind this down and recap with some takeaways. Holy eavesdropping. Hmm. I like that. You know, we discovered today that there's an exciting way to live that involves moving through your days in partnership with the Spirit of God. Life gets a lot more fun. And every day becomes an adventure when you take your eyes off of yourself and activate your Holy Spirit radar to be aware of the people around you. As Dirk Hodges reminded us today, holy eavesdropping is simply a matter of being intentional about that watching and listening. Do it regularly and it becomes a habit of the heart. As God's image bearers on the earth and Jesus' hands, feet, and mouth in the earth, we have the privilege of revealing God to people. Revealing that he's real. 
that he's good, that he's kind and compassionate and ever redemptive. You know, some need to know what I told that young couple a few weeks ago. God sees you. He loves you. And he's at work in your future to do you good. Maybe you need to hear that today. Well, today and every day, you will encounter people who may look fine on the outside, but inside, they desperately need a word of encouragement or hope or consolation or comfort. You don't know what they need to hear, but the Spirit of God does. And you can hear His voice. That's a new and better way to live, my friend. Join me here next time for another edition of the New and Better Podcast. Podcast.